the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today, we will hear a classic message that we believe will be a blessing to you. Our goal is to teach God's Word in a way that compels you to live a life that overflows and blesses others. Let's get started. I'm going to pray and we're going to get right into it. Father, we thank you for the privilege of gathering around your Word today to learn and to be encouraged, to be strengthened, and you're going to add some wisdom. Father, we're just laying a foundation today and we give you all the honor for what you accomplished this Sunday and the weeks ahead as we cover this new series. In Jesus' name we pray. We all say amen. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning with the second verse, Deuteronomy 8, which is the fifth book of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Verse 2. And today my intention is just to to lay a foundation. And you shall remember the whole, what's the next word? Way. God often has to do things the hard way, not because he's unable to make things easier, but because he's after something bigger than just quick results. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. The children of Israel here had just come to the end of their 40 years of wilderness wanderings. And finally, God gave them an explanation for what had happened over that course of time. And with God, typically the mark of a new chapter or the closing of an old chapter is God giving us revelation of the purpose behind that last thing we went through. And typically when I begin to understand why, I know I'm ready for what's next. God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might what? Humble you. God does things the way he does them for a reason. He said, I did this for how long? 40 years ultimately for a purpose, that he might what? Humble you. Literally, to cause to bow. God teaches us to submit in the wilderness so that we'll be prepared to submit when we get to the promised land. It's important to establish certain disciplines before 
you find yourself in the place of, of blessing. You know, I find myself on my knees at least once a day, n- not because, you know, God hears me better when I'm on my knees, but really to remind myself I belong to somebody, to remind me that I'm accountable to somebody. And it's just a reminder daily that, you know what, this is not my thing, this is not my plan, this is not just my life. I'm going to give an account to a living and holy God. He said, I led you these 40 years that I might, what, humble you. So why is God leading you the way he's leading you when he can get you out of it in just a moment if he wanted to? Well, according to this passage, is he's not just trying to fix things, he's trying to fix your heart. The real issue sometimes it takes so long is really a matter of heart. And when we address the heart issue, the things issue falls in line. That he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your what? Heart. The best way to know what's in a sponge is to do what? Put a, put a squeeze on it. If you're in a squeeze, the purpose of that squeeze might be for God to show you what's in your heart. And without that squeeze, you'll never know. So when you don't like what's coming out of your heart or, or coming out of your moment, don't, don't blame God, don't blame people, don't blame those around you. Address the issue of your heart, and then you can graduate and move on. I know I'm about to encourage myself this Sunday. <laughs> Luke 16 and 10, let's listen to Jesus. It'll hurt a little bit, but then it'll get better. Whoever can be trusted with very, say with me very, very little. This is here is a key to increase. If you first manage the little you have, it'll position you or qualify you to step into much. See, it, it, did you know that the very little in your life is a trust? According to Scripture, Jesus said, I trusted you with very little. And then I watched how you handled very little. So very little is not a curse. Sometimes it's a trust. And it's an opportunity to prove ourselves so we can move on to that next level of living. I'll give myself a hug when I leave here. Don't, don't worry about it. Whoever can be trusted with things in seed form, very little, can also be trusted with much. Again. What you do with little qualifies you for much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. If you're not reliable with what you currently have, don't think you're magically going to become integrous and and faithful when you win the lottery. It's just not going to happen. If you're not faithful with little, you won't be faithful with much. So God leads you to the place of very little. Not because he's weak, but because he's preparing your character for very much. The issue is not the thing. God could give it to you like that. But but character is forged in the midst of free will. So God in his wisdom says, you know what? I'm not just going to give you things. I'm going to develop your character. Such that when I give you things, those things won't rule you and dominate you. Back to Deuteronomy 8 and 3. And he humbled you, am I in the book, by the way? (laughs) And let you, does that say let you? And let you what? Hunger. The way Moses puts this is if God was doing them a favor by letting them hunger. 
Obviously, God saw things from a different perspective than they did. The older I get, the more I realize that the struggles that I've had in my life were actually God's blessing in disguise. He looked at their hunger and said, I let you hunger. It was actually a gift to you because I was, I was after something. And let you hunger, and then I fed you with what? Manner. If you really believe this covenant we have with God, when a need appears, you, 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 you'll, you'll know that God has already calculated to meet that need. But, 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 but the fact that that need exists only means you're in process. It doesn't mean that God's going to come up short. Let's take a look at the New Testament, Philippians 4 and 19. Let's listen to the promise that God gives givers. He says this, And my God will meet or supply some of your needs. All your what? Needs. Meaning if I don't have it, it's either on the way or I must not need it. It's one or the other. I can't tell you how many times in my life I felt that God, he, he didn't live up to the scripture. I'm like, Lord, I, you said you meet my needs. How come I'm in such need? And then I discovered I didn't need as much as I thought I needed. I thought I needed that friend. I didn't need that friend. That friend was a crutch. Okay, you're getting quiet. I thought that I needed more money. But my real need was to discover my gift. And if I began to use my gift, the money would follow. You think your need is one thing. But God is over here supplying your real need. And when you let him meet the real need, everything else will follow. Seek first the what? Kingdom and all those other things that what? Be added. And my God will supply or meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Our God is a requirements expert. He has an unlimited capacity to, to, to meet all of our needs and necessities. Deuteronomy 8 and 3. You say, well, Bishop, what you're saying doesn't line up with my life. Am I going to believe your life or am I going to believe the word? And here's the question to you. Are you going to believe your circumstance or God's word? Take God's word and change your circumstances. But you cannot take your circumstance and change God's word. You have a choice. You have a choice. He let you hunger and then fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. See, here... God did something he had never done in the history of the world. And God will still do things that nobody's ever seen. No one's ever imagined if you begin to trust him. And he did this, pay attention, that you might what? No. The purpose of God's method is to help us recognize and know. Sometimes we go through some things because we don't know what we need to know yet. And we finally know what we need to know, then the, suddenly the circumstances change and switch. So in all you're getting, get understanding, pursue wisdom and insight. And through it, you'll find yourself stepping into God's best. That he might make you know that man, now this scripture, Jesus quoted when he was in the wilderness. 40 days and 40 nights. He quoted it when he was hungry because Jesus understood something. His need did not excuse him from disobeying God. Satan said to him, listen, if you're the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. 
Most of us would have said, well, Lord, you understand. I mean, if you were really for me, this wouldn't have happened and I wouldn't have to do what I'm about to do. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. My circumstance, I will not, listen, I, I will not, conf- I, will, I will submit to the word and I will not use my circumstance to make me go sideways of scripture. He said, listen, I brought you this way through these circumstances. See, see, the issue with you and the reason you're still in your, I'm getting pastoral here. The reason you're still in your struggles because you haven't made the word your, your, the top priority and the top authority in your life. And until God's word becomes the singular highest thing in your life, you're going to stay right where you are. He kept them in the wilderness until they learned this lesson. And you're going to stay in your wilderness till you learn that God's word is the absolute authority of all the universe. It created the earth we're standing on, and it also guides everything in this, 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 on this planet and in this life and earth. It says here, he fed you those 40 years that he might make you what? Know that man does not live on bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. God was teaching them what he's trying to teach us, that God's word is more important than the food we eat, more important than the job we have, more important than the car we drive. And in order for us to step out of the wilderness into the promise, we got to understand that. And when we embrace it, we become safe for blessing. Your clothing did not wear out on you and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Sometimes instead of giving you more, God just stretches what you have. He's God. Durability is as big as a, a rescue as, 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 uh, as rescue itself. I know a family in here that the bank has taken their house about I don't know how many years. They've been living it like seven, eight, nine years. I don't know how many years. The bank has already taken their house, but they've been living in it, I think rent-free, for seven years. We say, well, God loved them. Now, wouldn't he fix that? They are living rent-free six or seven years. Sometimes the miracle is not the rescue. But God given you the capacity to sustain yourself in the midst of it. Verse 5. Know then in your heart. You see, it was a heart issue that he was after. All those 40 years, it was heart issues. Know then in your heart. Then, because of all those things he just said. As a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines who? You. God's discipline is not meant to penalize us, but it's designed to equip us to be even more successful. Let's look at this in the New Testament, lest you think I'm just stuck in an Old Testament economy and somehow it doesn't relate to us today. Hebrews 12 and 7, we're using the NIV here. It says, endure hardship as discipline. Hardships are simply, in God's mind, preparation for greater things. Endure hardship as an opportunity to learn discipline. And then it goes on to say, God is treating you as his children. A good parent does not discipline a child because he or she is angry. That's bad parenting. Why does a parent discipline a child? Because it's what the child needs to become their best. It's an inconvenience for me to have to discipline my child, but I do it to bring out the best in my children. God takes no pleasure in having to be rough with you. But sometimes he has 
has to in order to make you into the person that God needs you to become. Then it goes on, for what children, now this happened all over the United States though, but back then it wasn't happening. For what children are not disciplined by their father? According to scripture, if God does not discipline you, it's because you don't belong to him. A parent said to, to, to his child when spanking was legal, he said, you know, I, I only spank you because I love you. The child responded and says, well, do you have to love me so much? And you ever feel like that before God? Like, Lord, do you have to love me this much? Back to Deuteronomy 8 and 7. For the Lord your God is not disciplining you for discipline's sake. The purpose is to bring you into a good land. Again, God uses hard times to prepare us for better times. Establish the right disciplines while you're in the back of the line, and you'll know how to behave when you get to the front of the line. It's all preparation. It's not because God's arm is somehow weak or short. He's trying to teach you something, train you in the way to go. Verse 9. This good land is a land in which you will eat bread with, without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. A land where stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And here in, in 8 and 9, he's talking about a land with the abundance of water, different from Egypt who, who could only use the Nile. There was an abundance of food and mineral resources. And when the Iron Age and the Copper Age would come, that the resource would already be in the hills of the nation. And you shall eat and be full. And you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land. The what land? The good land. He has what? Given you. God's goal is always to take us to a good place. But sometimes the journey has to take us through some hard places to get to the good place. Verse 11. Take care lest you what? Forget. The two key words in Deuteronomy chapter 8 all the way through are the two words remember and forget. You know, when facing poverty, the greatest temptation or illness is to give up. But when you're walking in prosperity, the greatest temptation is to forget. To forget how far God brought you. To, to, forgive, for, to forget from whence you came. And what God is doing is training them so they won't forget. What you're going through right now is a memory aid. It's not God's lack of ability. He's trying to drill something into your thinking that is God alone that can keep you. It's God alone that can provide for you. It's God alone who loves you, that God is miraculous, that God is able. And, and you see, if you think that you did it on your own, you're going to celebrate, praise yourself, get the big head when you step into prosperity. So God said, for your own good, I got to lead you this way. It's no, God does not enjoy this. He does not enjoy Making you hunger and then feeding you. He doesn't enjoy that, but he knows it's, he knows it's best for you. So, so he'll, he'll get you in a situation where your need is so great and you're facing the impossible such that in that moment you can learn that it's God that brought me through. It's God that's faithful. It's God that's for me. It's God that brought me into the land of promise. 
And here's the problem with some of you. I was trying to be nice this morning, but it's just not working. You reach the apex too quickly. You see, you got to where you were going based on the world standards. And then you met God. You see, the world didn't care about your character. All it was concerned about was your gift. But then you met Jesus, and all of a sudden you start going back and say, how does that happen? Because God is not like the devil. The devil will take the best of you, then kick you to the side and just let you rot. But God is a father. And he's not just trying to get his kids to get good grades. He wants the kids to have good character, to have good hearts and, and a right spirit. So you went up here the world's way, but now the problem is you're in the kingdom. And all of a sudden, God brought you back down to where you belong, not because he doesn't love you, so he can build it. But you see, when God builds the house, there's no wind strong enough. There are no waves high enough. So what he's doing, he's building you up God's way, where what you have is immovable, unshakable, that no matter what happens in the world, he got it because it's built it on a rock and on a foundation that comes from God. Some of your marriages were built on lust, attraction, and all the rest. Then life found you out. And now Jesus is here to pick up the piece and say, now, now, now let's build this right. Let's build this on unconditional love. Let, 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 let's build this on forgiveness and mercy. Let's build this instead of what this person can give to you, but what, what, on, on what you can give to that person. Let's reorient this thing. And, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's kind of like when my mother uh, used to braid my sister's hairs, uh, heads. And, and, you know, when you braid the hair, you know, when, when you mess up, you got to go back to the place of the mess up. You got to unbraid it to the place of the mess up. And what God is doing in our lives is he's unbraiding our lives to the place of the mess up. But he's then braiding it back. But he's doing it his way and the right way. Verse 17. Beware lest you say in your heart, in your mind and imagination. See, this is the whole thing God was dealing with. Matter of fact, go up to 13. And when your herds and flocks multiply. See, this is what God's after. And your silver and gold is multiplied. And all you have is what? Multiplied. How many times do you say multiplied? He's trying to say that, that his goal is to multiply us. It's his ultimate intention. But you got to stay on track. But when this happens, skip to 17. Beware, lest you say in your heart, in your mind, in your imagination, my power and the might of my hand. It was my good education. It was... You know, I'm raised better than other people. It's because, you know, I'm just smarter than the next guy. Beware lest you say in your heart, it's a heart issue. The whole thing was a heart issue. My power, my might have gotten me this wealth. All God is asking for from the children of Israel was that when he put them on top, don't trip. All God is asking of you is that when he can finally multiply you and put you on top, don't trip. Recognize the one who bought you, the one who brought you, 
and the one who is taking you to where you need to go. 18. You shall remember the Lord your God. You must continue to recognize prosperity can be the greatest test a person could ever experience in life because it gives you an illusion that you don't need God. For you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you what? Power to get what? Wealth. In spite of the fact your last pastor may have told you this, the Bible does not say that God gives us wealth. That's not what it says. It says he gives us the power or the ability to get or produce wealth. So God has given, I don't care what your circumstances say, God has given each of his covenant children the ability. Now, the issue is we have to work that ability. But we each have an ability, a special contribution to make to the planet and our world. And when we discover it, all of a sudden, things we need begin to show up. Scripture says that he gives us the ability to produce or get what? Well, there's another place we make a problem. Wealth is different than money. Wealth is not you looking good, it's what you own. Now, great house, great car, but you about one paycheck, one paycheck, and the bank gonna come take it all back. Wealth is not when you put on a good show. Wealth is, is when you own your assets. This has been a classic edition of the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We pray that you join us tomorrow as we continue this teaching. Our prayer is that this teaching from God's Word strengthens and inspires you to live a life bigger than yourself. So remember, you can access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. And we also invite you to join the Grace Church family for service online by connecting on our website or on YouTube at Grace Church VA TV. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes to live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.